0: Our friend Alex Frank is uh, taking a break from getting SMU fans angry online to join us today, and we're thankful for that. But we're going to talk about the quarterback situation and more coming up next on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. I'm Stephen Simcox. Next to me here is a friend of the show, Alex Frank. I love having Alex on. He brings great perspective to the table. Um, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast. If you're interested in having Locked On Horn Frogs in your queue every day. But one thing that Alex does is he really likes to dig in um, on research and kind of some deeper numbers when it comes to football. And so he sent me a few things this week about Chance Nolan, and one of them that I found interesting, and this is from uh, Pro Football Focus, their college division, uh, and PFF does like some really intense scoring, grading players. And so here's the highest graded returning quarterbacks in the Big 12. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, he scored in 87. John Rhys Plumlee, the UCF uh, QB at 80.7. And then Chance Nolan comes in at 79.2. Jalen Daniels at 78.8. And then Blake Shapin at 76.8. Uh, and that's fascinating for a couple of reasons. One, I think Dylan Gabriel had a good year last year, but I, I think most people wouldn't have guessed he was the number one returning QB from that uh, perspective. Dave Aranda named Blake Shapin the starting quarterback today for Baylor. Wow. Uh, he's at number five. And I saw Baylor fans were not real happy about that. So, <laughs> um, they, they might not agree with that. But uh, from the TCU perspective, Alex, I know you've kind of been looking at Chance Nolan more closely. What excites you about his potential or about what he could bring to the team since he joined the roster uh, for Morgan State? Yeah, so I know – one
1: of his family members watches the channel. So <laughs> she'll be very enthused. Um, it really goes down to experience with uh, Chance. As, as much as Chandler's upside is really exciting, we just haven't seen that much of him play. Um, you know, when we when we talk about Max Duggan, right, we don't typically have just one singular game in mind when we talk about his greatness. Um, and that's not Chandler's fault. Um, and this is not a slight. It's just we we haven't really seen him in a large sample size of games. So yeah. it's really hard to see. Uh, it, it's really hard to know, you know, what the production is going to be like. Because what, what makes me worried, and Chandler, if you're listening, it's not any disrespect I think you're a great player it's it's more that um from Dykes's perspective the seven on seven play might be better than the 11 on 11 uh so that's a little bit of a concern for me and with chance I mean you're just getting a lot of experience so at at worst he comes in and pushes him really really hard and that's what we need to go nine and three, which I think is realistic. But, um, yeah, so that's really what I like about him at the end of the day.
0: Right. I mean, I I think overall it's a great pickup. I mean, as you said, like the floor for this is good backup that can come in in a spot situation if something happens. Um, And, I, I, you know, it's interesting because the QB position now, everybody is is always looking for one you know whether it's for depth or for a starter and so for someone with this much experience it's curious why he didn't get more looks because i didn't really hear his name until tcu was kind of hot and heavy there but i think he's coming off this neck injury and that's a big part of it yeah because you explain to the audience a little more when you say seven on seven versus eleven on eleven sure are you talking about like the just the contact of the game the injury concerns what what are your thoughts when you when you say Sure, yeah. I'm talking about scrimmage scenarios in practice,
1: okay? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so more padded up, like Matt, like Max says, for instance, that uh, you know, some players are better at on le- 11 on 11 situations, like real mm-hmm. in game situations. Uh, so
0: that's right. what I mean, right? I mean, Max, like Max was a gamer, and we heard those murmurs during the season that you would go to practice and the coaching staff would be like, man, Chandler looks like he looks better right now. But yeah. everybody knew that was uh, that was Max's team moving forward. I think the other wild card about this, Alex, is, you know, Kendall Bryles has, has shown a capacity to adjust his offense to his personnel. But I don't really know if there's anybody on this roster. I mean, I, I think maybe Chance fits this mold to a certain extent, being a little more of a gunslinger. Uh, but I don't know if there's anybody else on this roster at the moment that really totally fits what he wants to do in the offense with a lot of the RPO game and running the ball as the quarterback. It really does seem like at least in year one um, they're they're going to try to make this work with maybe not the perfect pieces. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I think that's part of the reason why, um, uh, I, I'm blanking on his name, but he decommitted from the program. You, you'd know better than I do. Um, Sam Jackson?
0: or No,
1: no, no. The 2024 QB who Riley recruited.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, Marcus Davila. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. he didn't really fit the mold either. But House, I mean, like, he is fast. Like, mm-hmm. he, he is really fast.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's an athlete for sure. And I think he – uh, he's definitely the guy that they were they were targeting. And you're right. Like as soon as, as soon as Garrett left and and Kendall came in, it was an obvious kind of shift in the quarterback recruiting room because they also went after you know Rashada, um, yeah. and and missed out on that. But it was pretty clear like this is the type of of dual threat player that they're they're looking for. Uh, quickly before we kind of transition here, Tanner McKinney, uh, one of our listeners, he asked me on YouTube. He said, "Do you think?" They're going to go after anyone else in the portal from a quarterback position. No, I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't see them adding another QB. And at this point, Tanner, I don't even really know who who would be out there. I mean, I think the majority of of the guys have been picked up. So I, I feel like they're going to roll with with who they got, um, which means Chandler and then uh, Chance and then potentially Josh Hoover if if, if it came down to it. Um, when we come back, uh, and I'm going to do a quick live read here, and then we'll talk about some over under win totals i want to get alex's thoughts about the season as a whole i do want to talk about bird dogs though bird dogs one of our new sponsors um really comfortable shorts and pants if you're you know interested in getting a new style um they're very comfortable you can wear them just about wherever they fit great birddogs.com locked on college and you can get a free tumbler with your purchase i'll tell you i was skeptical when i got these in the mail they were kind enough to gift us some of these a couple of pairs of shorts I saw these. I was like, I'm not a frat daddy. This is not what I'm gonna. This is not what I'm gonna wear. Alex, he works out. If you go to his Twitter feed, you'll see this is a man that's not afraid to lift some weights. This is a good thing. That's a little. That's I'm not doing that on a daily basis now. But I put them on. It's okay. They're comfortable. They feel good. You'll feel good in them. Um, you can wear them just about wherever. You know, they work as casual wear, or even you can, might get away with it at work if you have a more relaxed office atmosphere. Um, like I do. But that's birddogs.com slash Lockdown College. Free Tumblr with every purchase. If you use the code Lockdown College and do that today, we're happy that they're sponsoring us on the Lockdown Network. Another one of our sponsors, FanDuel, um, they have the over-under for wins for TCU at seven and a half. And Alex, you said earlier you thought nine and three was realistic. So would you say you were you're buying the over there or what are your general thoughts on TCU over or under seven and a half wins this year?
1: I'm gonna go over. Um, but first I totally endorse Bird Dog's choice. Nice great. Um nice. but yeah, I, I'm just worried about that last stretch, really. That mm-hmm. last stretch is a little bit concerning with Let me see. Yeah, we have BYU. It's a crazy stretch of games.
0: You talk about like the last five games? Yeah. Yeah, we got BYU at home and then K State on the road, Tech on the road, Texas at home, Baylor at home, close the season against Oklahoma and Norman. Those K State
1: fans, if if you're watching, you know, keep it easy on our burner account. (laughs) Um, yeah, no. yeah for yeah. sure. I, I would buy the over for sure.
0: Yeah. K-State people have been, um, kind of running with this narrative that winning the conference title is better than getting, you know, beating the national championship game, which I would not agree with that. I imagine most of our audience wouldn't agree with that, but Hey, whatever, <laughs> whatever you need to say to make you feel better about your season, Um, that's your business, but I think you're right about this. I feel like the first half of the year, honestly, um, in those first six games, especially like you get, uh, Colorado, which now, what are your thoughts on Colorado, Alex? Do you think that's going to be a close football game? Do you, are you kind of buying into the roster overhaul that Dion has?
1: It's so hard to know (laughs) because the transfer portal, like he's literally, no, this is unprecedented. Like obviously, yeah. we have done a version of this, and that's part mm-hmm. of why we were successful. But it was so much smaller scale, and we weren't actively pushing off kids um, from the team. Uh, and that's just right. his style. I can't looking back. I can't believe that he interviewed at TCU. Crazy. Um, but I, I don't know that I listened to that podcast with the Locked On Buffs guy. I thought it was good. I'm less optimistic than you are. Uh, just on a talent perspective, I understand we have a lot more experience, but he's bringing in dudes, like serious yeah, dudes. And it, it's like we can't lose after the national championship game. We, we just can't. It's a must-win game. I'm concerned about the level of talent um, I think that Josh Newton is gonna rattle Shador Sanders. Like I I genuinely believe that. I think he's just an incredible talent. But I'm I'm worried about their uh defense with Cormani McLean, which for those of you who don't know, he is a dude.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: is a top yeah, like, no,
0: top five recruit in the country, number one corner in the country. I mean, he's he's a guy. He's he's the dude for sure. Um but yeah, you're right. They have a lot of talent, and, and that could end up being a closer game. But do you think TCU will win that game? I do. Pick? Okay. I do. So we're picking straight up. And then they get Nickel State, which is the FCS game. Houston, a uh, new Big 12 opponent. It could be a trap game, honestly. And week three. Yeah, kind of an early Big 12 game. I would feel more worried about that. I'm just, I don't have a lot of hope or faith in Dana right now. But um, yeah, you're right. And then you get SMU, West Virginia. And Iowa State. Now, I say all that. It's easy to look at those games on paper and just be like, yes, mark it down. Those are dubs. We're more talented. Now, you're you're right. There are trap games. There's things that happen during the season. Um, and they do have to go to Ames this year, which is a tough environment. Matt Campbell should be, you know, revved up and ready to turn this thing around. Um, but it it is always unpredictable and it's tough even in a seven game stretch to say they're definitely just gonna run the table. Um, but you know, I, I think early on, Alex, they have the the guys to get it done. Another team I wanted to ask you about though, um the tech game, right in Lubbock. Texas. Yeah. Tech. There is there is so much talk around tech. It's getting yeah. to the point where I don't even know if you can consider them a dark horse because it's it feels the like Florida State. Same.
1: Hype. It's the Florida State hype. That's what I'd compare it to.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. Florida State also uh, looking to take that jump. What are you? What do you make of it? I mean, are you buying Texas Tech stock going into the season? I'm cautiously
1: optimistic uh there's a lot of reasons to be over the moon about them just from an nil perspective like it's they're they're seriously have a big advantage in the new big 12. so i definitely think we need to develop on that end just a little bit more and i think we're going in a great direction for that but other than that they are bringing in talent like they are students and uh Their coach is phenomenal. I don't think he's better than Sonny, but he's very good nonetheless. And I think it'll be ultimately a battle, and no offense, Kansas State fans, but you know at the end of the day you can't recruit like TCU. You just can't. So I really think it'll be a battle for supremacy between, uh, honestly, Tech – TCU and maybe Baylor if they can turn it around this year. But um, Oklahoma State looks like they're just on a downswing, unfortunately. And that's, you know, saddening because Gun- Gundy is an institution and yeah. a great, great coach.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Now, the, the fascinating thing about Oklahoma State, and I'll have to look at this after we get done recording, their schedule is like a cakewalk
1: yeah
0: um and so even though they have alan bowman at quarterback who i don't believe in it's like if they play solid defense and don't turn the ball over i feel like they can win you know a good amount of their games but i i get your overall sentiment yeah i feel like they are kind of on a downswing and definitely from a you know institutional control kind of recruiting standpoint it doesn't seem to be gelling um Speaking of institutional control and recruiting, we'll take a quick break and then we'll talk about a program that allegedly is rumored to come to the Big 12. We'll do that next. I'm like John Okay. So final thing for you here. Um, and, and I think, Alex, you might agree with me on this, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. I, I'm sort of tired of the Pac-12 Big 12 talk. Um, I get why it's necessary. I get why it's important. But I just feel like we, we hear all these rumors, and there's two sides to this. There's people in the Big 12 that think the Pac-12 is just imploding and crumbling. There's folks in the Pac-12 who say, no, there's stability here. And nobody's going to move off their opinion until these pieces kind of start to fall into place, whatever they might be, whether that's the Pac-12 getting a you know, TV contract that keeps them together or some movement happening. Um, are you fatigued with all the Pac-12, Big 12 talk that we have listened to for really the last calendar year? Extremely. Extremely. Um, so today, and, and this has been sort of out there in the shadows for a little while, that maybe Colorado is getting ready to make a move. We've heard this about Arizona as well. Utah and Arizona State, the other two four-corner schools, seem to be um, a little more hesitant. But you Barry Trammell seem
1: really happy about the prospect of moving to the Big 12. What's that, sorry? You, Utah fans seem really happy about the prospect.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Utah fans are real defensive for, for some reason that I, I don't quite understand. But uh, Barry Trammell, who's a columnist for the Oklahoma and has been around for a long time, he put out a column today that basically he has from a high-ranking Big 12 source, he has you know, news that they seem to think Colorado is ready to make a move. I mean, he went on to say, hey, the tea leaves have kind of been trending this way, like Washington State is putting a freeze on hiring and putting a freeze on spending at the moment because of, you know, a a bad Pac-12 TV contract that has led to a shortfall monetarily for them. Um, Obviously, USC and UCLA are on the way out. Uh, There's no TV contract that seems to be happening in the near future. As a Big 12 fan, Alex, Would you be excited about the prospect of Colorado and potentially Coach Prime for however long he ends up being in Boulder? I think it would be
1: really exciting uh, just because, not only because of the direction that Colorado is going. First off, I honestly think Dion is going to want to build up the program before he jumps ship. I know that runs contrary to what most people believe, but I truly believe that He's a man of a lot of ambition and he wants to build his own thing. Uh, That's just the way he's always been. And so it's exciting from that aspect, but also because they're a former member, right? So Mm -hmm. there's history there and the Westward expansion to me just makes sense because at the end of the day, it's, it's more of a Southwestern conference. Mm -hmm. um, And you know the cactuses, of, excuse me, cacti, uh, of Arizona. It, it makes sense, and I, I think it'd be a lot of fun to have Colorado join.
0: Now you're a you're a basketball guy too. Does does the prospect? Because we've also heard about like Gonzaga and UConn does that move the needle for you at all? Or is that, do you feel like that's just reaching for some sort of expansion? If you can't get what you really want?
1: No, I don't want you con, uh, if I'm just completely blunt, I don't, I understand the logistics of why you would want it because Mm -hmm. of ESPN headquarters in Connecticut, New York, excuse me. So you're really just in the heart of it from a business perspective, but, um, In terms of value added, really, at the end of the day, how much value is UConn going to add from a a football perspective? Because at the end of the day, that and your Mark knows this, he's a really smart guy, where the dollars come from in realignment, and that's typically football. And so it's not a good move. I'd be a lot more excited about SDSU for that reason, because they've actually had glimpses of Flash. I don't think they're there yet, but um, that'd be a better alternative. I don't like the idea of a basketball-only conference. I would like to move more towards an intermediate, uh, which I think we already are, Just but strengthening that perception as a football conference. But everyone knows that we're there for basketball so I really think that we should be focusing on our uh, football strength
0: right I mean I get the perspective of maybe there's some untapped potential there with basketball but it just hasn't really been shown in college basketball contracts in the past but Colorado would be fun I mean great road trip location um, you know good facilities football program that seems to finally be investing in the modern future of college football, a basketball program that's honestly at the moment mediocre, but maybe there's a push there as well. So One thing I would
1: add, sorry to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. With the Big East, I mean, that's pretty much the litmus test for, okay, let's create a super conference of basketball. Mm -hmm. Is it marketable? Like will, will TV and contract providers actually resonate with that? The answer is no. The Big East has been fledgling since the big breakup for the ACC. So, really, we know that that model doesn't work. Like, there isn't a demand for it. Um, but there is a massive demand for college football and good games. And so, bringing Dion in, just Dion himself, just because of the marketing perspective, creates so much value for the league. It really does.
0: For sure, yeah. I mean, maybe there are people that watch Big East basketball on FS1, but I don't know who they are. Maybe there's some northeastern people who are, who are into it, but they don't, they don't live near me. Um, this was great stuff with our friend Alex Frank. Alex, is there anything you want to promote? Do you want people to follow you on Twitter or Snapchat or anything? What is there anything you want to throw out there to the people?
1: You can find me on uh, Twitter. If you just search
0: in Alex Frank, you'll, you'll find me. It's I love it. One. There he is, Alex Frank. He'll be on again soon. We talked some football, we talked some realignment, good stuff. We'll be back tomorrow talk on the hard Go ahead. What is that, Alex? Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. That's right. It's your